It's Friday, that means it's time to preview a Lions game. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts later on in the show. We're going to use some of those Bet Online lines. To do our You Betcha Grambling segment. We've also got bold predictions coming up later in the show. Fridays are very fun here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Uh, first things first, though. I want to address the elephant in the room, which is the run defense versus the run offense. On the uh, Minnesota Football Party, which you can find on the Locked On Minnesota Sports podcast feed with me and Arif Hassan and Sam Ekstrom and Luke Inman. Um there was a lot of talk about in the like with the nerdy stat of the day segment. Mine was all about the the run defense. Um, the Vikings have the lightest boxes in the league, the fewest members, uh, the fewest uh, men in the box, and the Lions arguably have the best rush offense in the league, and the Vikings arguably have the worst rush defense in the league. You can make those statistical arguments pretty compelling. Um. So I, I scoured through the Eagles game to say, okay, what went wrong with all that rushing? Like, how did all of that happen? And I was going to do a whole Patreon video on it, um, but I was feeling a little sick. So instead, let me just describe the broad strokes to you here on the show. Uh, a lot of it has to do with that box math. The Vikings were basically down a gap the entire game and fine with that. So that means... They had as many guys in the box as you put blockers in the box. A team that's getting run on, if you're really getting run on, will typically start to put a safety in the box as an extra man. So if you've got six blockers or six guys, you know, lined up looking like they're going to be blockers, I've got seven in the box. And now if you count outside, like the edges as gaps, and you count off the gaps, you'll have a guy for each gap, call that gapped out. And if you're gapped out, um then it's going to be a lot harder to run. And the Vikings basically were never gapped out. They just didn't care about it. Um, they had five men in the box sometimes, maybe even four, depending on how deep some people lined up. They just didn't really care. Um, and that's a schematic trade-off and a very purposeful decision that they're making more than anybody else, including other defenses in the same style, like Brandon Staley and stuff. Um, they're really maximizing it. Like they are going as hard as you can on it, which may be a mistake. <laughs> Maybe they have to dial that back. Um, but th that was one thing that Ed Donatel did that led to a lot of that rushing production. On a more schematic level, um, a lot of the biggest run plays came on read options and draw plays. Those were the plays that forced the linebackers into 
um, playing pass first. And what I saw that was kind of interesting that's a little bit unusual is that the Vikings did a lot of playing pass first versus RPOs. And because of that, I actually thought their defense against RPOs was pretty good, like against the RPOs specifically. Um, the, the read option runs were the worst thing. And it's kind of sometimes hard to tell the difference if it's a read option or an RPO, because if Jalen Hurts didn't keep the ball, I don't know if he was keeping the ball to run or if he was keeping the ball to throw. Um, but on the option passes where the read was to throw the Vikings did a pretty good job. A lot of those were, you know, plays where Cameron Dantzler came in and got a tackle at the line of scrimmage or even behind it, or, you know, just guys getting chased down or gains being limited. I thought they did a pretty good job of that. And part of that was because what you tell the linebackers to do will reveal a lot about your strategy in those situations. Um, I know one system that calls it like fitter freeze. Um, and that'll be a linebacker's job where you go, depending on game plan, you'll tell them, okay, this is a fit week or this is a freeze week, or you can even do it like drive by drive. But essentially the idea is if it's fit, that means your first couple steps are run fit steps. And then if it turns into play action or if it's the pass, um, then that's okay. And this is like a response specifically to RPOs. If it's an RPO, you fit. And then in some game plans, hey, if it's an RPO, freeze. And that means delay everything and sit there and read for a second. And sometimes that can even be like a step back into coverage. So if you watch Jordan Hicks on those plays, he was playing coverage first, then run. That's kind of unusual because run plays develop faster than pass plays do, which is why most defensive coordinators are really comfortable saying, take a couple of steps toward the run fit and then back off into coverage. You're going to have time to do that because it's going to take them time for their routes to develop. And the first, you know, split second isn't nearly as crucial in the pass as it is in the run. So you'll play run first. And that's why it always looks like even no, no matter how established the run is, it always looks like play action works because it always looks like the linebackers suck up because they do always suck right up in into the, the, the box because they're taught to. Um, and you can take advantage of that spacing in play action as well, kind of whether or not that's this is the, the crux of the like establish the run as a myth thing. Um, so really interesting that the Vikings kind of didn't do that, that they just played coverage right away and they said, we're not going to fall into that. But in, in, in like the cost you pay for that is if it is a run play, your linebackers now aren't in the fit and now you can get more. So part of it was just not having enough bodies. There's just a gap somewhere that is either not accounted for or it has to be one person accounting for two gaps. And that meant that there was a lot of space. A running back can manipulate that. And part of it is playing coverage first. Leading us into the Lions game, I don't think they're going to run nearly as many options or RPOs. They have a very different offense than the Eagles one. So I don't think it's one-to-one. -one. But what we can take from it is the Vikings might not want to live in their light box coverage first world in this game. And that is the point I'm trying to make here. The Lions run a very physical style of offense. They're one of the only teams in the league doing this, and it is kind of specifically designed to counter what the Vikings do. And the Vikings do this more than anybody else, but other teams do it a lot too. If you want to lighten out the box, if you want to spread things out, and if you want to play this very kind of soft coverage, well, great, we're going to punch you in the mouth for eight yards a pop until you start loading the box, and then we'll go over the top of you. It's a very old school offense, and it's a, perhaps an idea that is so outdated that it is coming back into vogue. And that's why the Lion, one of the reasons the Lions offense is working. So I think the point of this is and kind of whether or not DeAndre Swift plays, honestly, because a lot of this is just the offensive line blocking a ton and doing really well. 
um, on their physical like trap runs, wham runs, which is a lot of kind of behind the line of scrimmage, lateral motion, trying to get people upfield and hitting them from the side. A lot of that is just meant to be more physical than modern NFL defenses that are so oriented toward the pass can handle. And the Vikings are at the extreme end of that. They're very built for speed. They're not built for for bulk. And so the Vikings might want to come out sort of against their own tendency here um, because they will give up nine yards a pop if they just try to do what they did against the Eagles and just say, let's all just, you know, play our coverage assignments and we'll all do our job and be in the right place. You're going to get washed out a ton, especially if you start rotating in the DJ Wanhams and Ross Blacklocks of the world who can't hold a spot. The Vikings need to take this Lions running game seriously. If they don't, could be a long day. So uh, we've got Grambling. We've got bold predictions coming up. Don't think I forgot about any of that. But first, let me talk to you about jewelry. Look, especially fellas, but anybody, if you want to get something nice for your partner, you got to have that thing protected especially that you, you've, you've heard all the proposal stories. I got down on one knee and I dropped it, went through the cracks in the dock. There's the one that's on the screen right now. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, a guy gets down on one knee. He's in a canoe. It's a beautiful canoe ride out on this nice lake. And you get down on one knee, but it's a canoe. So you all lose your balance and the whole thing goes a tumbling over. And where'd the ring go? It's gone now. You don't want that stuff to happen to you. And that's what Brightco is for. It is the cheapest, fastest, and easiest way to get that jewelry insured. Jewelry insurance gets you the replacement value for the full value of that ring with Brightco, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. What happened to it? It's so easy. You can get it covered in two minutes on your cell phone, five bucks a month, totally compre- comprehensive coverage. Go check it out at bright, B-R-I-T-E dot co forward slash locked on. That's brightco slash locked on, B-R-I-T-E, brightco slash locked on. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. If you want a little bit more in-depth stuff uh, on film review and all that, you can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. Everything from the week now is public. I only did two this week, short week, uh, one on Irv Smith and one on Kirk Cousins, a, a lot of the problems he had against the Blitz. Um, and I'm actually going to start there for our weekly Grambling segment, powered by Bet Online. Of course, all of these odds and lines are from Bet Online. More on them in a moment. Uh, but we're going to talk about some Grambles with this game, some prop bets and stuff. Um, and one of the things that I really noticed from the Eagles game was how poor Kirk Cousins was against the Blitz. The Eagles just started sending zero blitzes. That means no safeties. Everybody is coming, right? And that meant free rushers, and Cousins did a really poor job responding to those free rushers. Wrote a whole article, a whole thing about it. Um, a lot of people got very upset with uh, the concept of what a hot read needs to be. Um, a lot of people really mad because they didn't think the hot read would convert, which isn't the point. The point is like, that's the progression The the instruction is to throw hot. There's most plays will have it worked in. Um, Kyle Slaughter actually weighed in. There was one that he made a good point about, uh, the, the interception, the last interception of Darius Slay, which didn't have a hot read in it. And in that case, the hot is throw up to the fade, um, which is what Kirk Cousins did. So correct decision. It was just a terrible throw off his back foot, which you got to get that thing a little further if you're going to be throwing against cover zero. Otherwise, throw it through the crossbar and don't try, right? I digress. I don't think this problem lasts. 
this is not the kind of thing that you just like deal with forever because Kirk Cousins has shown much more ability in the past to do it. And I think it was just an off night. Um, so I think this, the ability to counter the blitz will come back and I think it'll come back in a big way. Um, so I got a bunch of prop bets here. And the first one that I like for that, it's kind of two that I like here. One Dalvin cook over two and a half receptions, Dalvin cook, Check down, right? Um, also, there's some screen game, and they seem really intent on uh, doing that screen game. But I, I think a big part of it is, as Matt Derry told me yesterday on Crossover Thursday of Locked on Lions, they're going to blitz. The Lions will blitz. They're going to see that tape, and they're going to blitz. They're going to, oh my God, the blitz totally makes this dude break down. We're going to blitz. And I think the Vikings will be able to counter it, and it's a really... Big reason. It's very speculative, but that's a reason I'm going to pick the Vikings to. I've been picking the Vikings to win this game, um, is because I think that the Lions are going to play directly into something the Vikings can fix over the week. It's not a long term problem, and part of that fix is getting your ball, getting the ball to your checkdown. And I think there will be a bunch of checkdowns to this, and that means Dalvin Cook catches the football. Two and a half receptions. I'm taking that over. Um, all of these, by the way, are unless otherwise specified somewhere around minus 110 in terms of odds. Uh, the other one I'm going to take is Cousins over 24 and a half completions. Um, Kirk Cousins super rarely goes under this number. This is an incredibly low number for Kirk Cousins' career. He will very often complete 30 passes in a game. Cousins is a volume guy, and this is a volume offense. Um barring some sort of crazy game situation thing where they're leading by three scores for the entire time and they're in you know run mode by the third quarter cousins will throw the ball and if it is at all a close game cousins will throw the ball this is a pass first offense and the completions prop bet is much more of a volume bet and there will be volume um for cousins to get 23 or fewer completions it would be like a bottom quarter game Against the Lions defense, which has given up quite a bit, that seems like a really good bet. Plus, with everything I just said, you know, every check down counts as a completion. And if they're going to blitz a lot, and that means Cousins is getting the ball out quickly, um, that can mean a lot of short completions, a lot of plays, you know, touchdown drive with 10 passes in it, that kind of thing that can get you up to that over under really fast. That said, it's not all peaches and roses. I think the Lions are going to be able to score on the Vikings. I think the Vikings defense kind of got itself exposed a little bit in a much more long-term way. Um, you know, there's the, the blitz problem Cousins had feels like something that's kind of uh, contained to that night. The zone problems the Vikings had were driven by a lot of miscommunications. They were driven by just kind of playing it slow. There was a lot of thinking and not a lot of playing. And that's not something you fix overnight. And I think that Jared Goff will be able to um, to take advantage. I think the Lions will be able to take advantage. Plus, as much as I just recommended, hey, Vikings, maybe you should back off this. We don't care about the run thing for this game. Um, I don't think they're going to listen to that. I don't I don't think they will. I think they should. I don't think they will. Um, so I think the Lions will be able to score and their over under is 23 and a half um, going into this game. 23.5 points for Detroit. I'm taking the over on that. The over under for the whole game is 52 and a half. That's very high. And the over under for the Vikings, 29 and a half. That's how they get there. Um, 52 and a half is a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I feel great about that. 
Uh, but for the Lions themselves, I could see them scoring 24 or more points pretty easily in this one. I think this is everybody's calling this a shootout. That's why the over under is so high. Um, but I think you might be able to get in on Detroit's total itself and still be able to sort of bet on it being a shootout without having to bet on it being ridiculous. Um, last one of these props that I like for our you betcha segment comes for, uh, comes in the red zone. So here's the thing. The Lions defense just saw the Eagles defense basically shut down Justin. I mean, not totally shut down Justin Jefferson. He's still got a bunch of catches and stuff. Um, but keep Justin Jefferson out of the end zone, keep him contained and shut down the Vikings offense around him. Right. I think they're going to use a lot of those same principles and be able, you know, their own versions of, of bracket coverages and stuff. Um, and they're going to realize that that's the thing, especially in the red zone. I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities. I think the Vikings are going to, or the lions are going to sell out to stop Justin Jefferson. We're going to put all our defensive schematic resources on him and dare you to beat us with Thielen and KJ Osborne and Dalvin cook. I think the Vikings can do that. Um, but that's going to be how, what, what needs to happen. And that means in the red zone, I think you get Adam Thielen opportunities and Adam Thielen one-on-one opportunities in the red zone or what Adam Thielen does. I am taking, he doesn't have a touchdown yet and it's week three. I think that changes plus plus one twenty-nine. Adam Thielen, anytime touchdown score. Those are my four bets for this one. Um, this is not grambling advice. Uh, I do not give you grambling advice. If I did, it would be very bad. So you should gramble on your own terms. I'm just telling you, uh, were I to gramble on sports, those would be the bets that I would make. Uh, so those lines are brought to you by betonline.net. And if you want to gramble, BetOnline is the place to go. It's your one-stop shop for all things grambling. You can get player props like that. You can bet in the, live in the middle of uh, games. You can bet on much more than just Vikings lines. You can bet on any NFL game for the whole season. You can go find any line right now. Go see if we're favored against Miami or whatever. Uh, you can go find any other lines for you know baseball games or as basketball's over now, but you know, any other sports going on, tennis, golf, all sorts of stuff. You can find it all at betonline.net where the game starts. It is time. The final thing of the week. You know the week is over when it's time to get bold. Bold predictions segment is here, everybody. I have your bold predictions in front of me. I've got the ones from last week. We'll circle back to them, and uh, then we'll get into the ones from this week. I usually put out the call for these on Twitter every Thursday uh, sometime, usually in the morning, so keep an eye out for that. If you want to get a bold prediction in, I usually get dozens of these, and I only pick around six every time, so you got to be very special to stand out, and these were very special. So, first things first, let's go through last week's bold predictions. The first one came from Peter, who said, the dark Kirk rises. Kirk is involved in a scrap. We didn't get there, but I love the energy. Uh, Tyler Fornes said that Jalen Rager has more punt return yards than the Eagles have points. Rager had a whopping five punt return yards, so we did not get there. He got a lot of booze, though. Philly fans are very mad at him for getting traded away. Uh, Purple Kool-Aid said the Vikings offense will have more yards than the sum of all Eagles defensive starters, starter jersey numbers combined, which we calculated out to be 544. Did not quite get there. Almost didn't even get half of the way there. No, yeah, did get half the way there. 264 yards, not even half of the way. Yikes. 
Um, Sands said that Brian O'Neill would gritty after a receiving touchdown. No gritties to be found. I even went back and reviewed the tape of the only receiving touchdown to see if maybe uh, Brian O'Neill was grittying in the background. Um, if he was, couldn't catch it on camera, but it does. certainly looks like he just casually jogged up to Irv Smith and gave him a quick helmet tap, so no dice there. Justin says Alexander Madison outrushes Jalen Hurts. Final tally there, 57 for Jalen Hurts, 8 for Alexander Madison, fourth on the team in rushing with those eight yards. And then finally, Goat Morrow had one. We had to kind of workshop it, but we got it to DJ Wanham would get three sacks, but not win any pass rushes. Um, two sacks is what I would have credited him with because he the first sack that was, I think, Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson combined was forced by DJ Wanham winning a pass rush. So Wanham actually like, just had a no excuses good game. Like he just had like no ifs, ends, or buts. He just like played well and beat blocks. Very cool stuff. Love to see it. Let's move on to week number three. Once again, I'm looking for creativity here. I'm looking for fun. Of course, I'm looking for boldness, but if I've got a premise that I like and I can dial up if it's too bold or not too bold, but I need something fun. Don't just tell me, you know, Kirk Cousins gets 350 yards and four touchdowns. That's not fun. That's just a stat line. You know what I mean? For example, Joshua Lampus says the Vikings defense gives up more rushing yards than passing yards. Sure does capture the essence of how this game feels, doesn't it? Where the the Lions are going to run all over the Vikings so much so that they don't even need to pass more rushing yards than passing yards. That does happen. It has happened, but sure does not happen often, which is the perfect little sweet spot. That needle we're trying to thread with bold predictions. Love it. Uh, Skull Actuary says that Amon Ra does not score a receiving touchdown. But on a fourth down, he throws a touchdown pass to a wide open Jared Goff. Little Philly special action. Um, I won't hold you to the specificity here, but I will say I'm on Ross St. Brown. No receiving touchdowns, but one passing touchdown. Don't need it to be on fourth down or situational or anything like that. Um, and in general, specificity does not make the prediction more bold. It makes it more unlikely, but it doesn't make it more bold. It just makes it harder to hit. So I usually take the specificity out of them. No receiving touchdowns, but a passing touchdown for Amon Ross St. Brown. That's how this one goes down. Nicholas Bartel says on September 25th, 2011, same date as this coming Sunday, Matthew Stafford had 378 yards as a career high versus the Vikings. And in this game, Brandon Pettigrew and Megatron went over 100 yards. I predict on this 11-year anniversary, Goff will go over 378 and St. Brown and Hawkinson will have 100. A, love that you took the time to look all of that up. Deep respect. Love it. Uh, and this prediction rules. So over 378 is a lot. And that you'll have uh, both St. Brown and Hawkinson as 100-yard players. But I guess if you're getting over 378 passing yards, they got to go somewhere. So you probably have 200-yard players in a game like that. Um, I love it. Uh, that is fantastic. I think you might have said exactly, and I changed it. I can't remember or if you said over. But either way, we're going with over. Uh, Ruben Frost says exact same score line as Ram as the Rams Vikings shootout. And I clarified he meant the 2018 Rams Vikings shootout, the game where McVay solved uh, Mike Zimmer, where Anthony Barr was in coverage on wide receivers all night and gave up three touchdowns, um, which was 31 38. So he says exact same score, 31 38. I'm actually going to give you a like an over parlay there. So Vikings over 31 Lions over 38. And. If it's it's more than that, it feels like your prediction kind of extra hit. 
Um, and then the second part of this is that all touchdowns were scored by running backs. And that's the one that really made me like it, that all touchdowns scored by running backs, Nick, because if you just give me a score prediction, I'll never pick it. But uh, all of the touchdowns scored by running backs feels impossible, but not like 100% impossible. And then over 31 and over 38 for the Vikings and Lions, respectively. Uh, Arya's time says Jefferson, Thielen, and KJ all have the exact same number of yards. Hey, the ball might have to spread out a little bit for the rest of the season here. I don't think you're going to get to do what you did week one against the Packers where you, you, they just don't cover Jefferson. You could just funnel the whole offense through him. You're going to have to kind of go to other options and spread the ball a little more. I mean, Irv Smith got eight targets against the Eagles. Maybe this will be a KJ or a Thielen game. Um, I, I love it. Exact same number of yards as each other would be something to behold. And then finally, Milo Grams says that the Minnesota Vikings will play 62 minutes and six and 57 seconds of football on Sunday, September 25th. <laughs> so of course that means overtime and the overtime needs to last around three minutes. Um, I'm not going to enforce this to the second. Again, the specificity doesn't making it unlikely is not a whole isn't is not as fun. So I will probably give this to you if it's close if you get to overtime and it's like a two and a half minute or a three and a half minute, like I'll give you kind of 30 seconds on either side, something like that, uh, because that would be a pretty great call, even if you're off by a couple. I hope you all enjoy the game. Everybody stay safe. Have a great weekend. Um, check out Locked On NFL. Check out Peacock and Williamson. It's another Locked On show covering the NFL from the national angle. I will see you all next week to pick up the pieces of whatever horrors the Vikings show us. And as always, skull.